Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and Odyssey Station. I hope we just get a dome. I don't, I don't yeah. care if we're at Soldier Field. I don't care if we're in Arlington Heights. I, I, I hope we get a dome on that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, come on, Justin. After the, the rain game this year, one of the great memories of the season against the San Francisco 49ers in the monsoons where everything was destroyed on my person, but the Bears won that game, and it was a, a great memory. Now, when it was 15 below zero at Soldier Field, there, there's a case for a dome. Dome or retractable? I, I, wish, I wish we could clarify that because I know he said dome yeah. specifically, but when you look at us, Chris Berman called it the roaster and the toaster out in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Um, when they do open up the roof in the different stadiums that we've had the opportunity to be in, you know, it gives a little bit of an outside presence, but I don't know what the thinking is about that. Yeah, yeah, I guess we will find out in due time now that they have actually purchased the the property and you know, it's funny cuz I Tyler was telling me that some people were cr- criticizing Justin Fields for saying you know, they, they, we've got to move indoors. And, hey, that's not Bears weather, and that's not a Bears advantage. And well, then, he must not be capable of playing in that tough weather. That's a bunch. I, of, I think in the same Super Bowl week, I know Mark's got to come on, but Brian Urlacher said, "Oh, it's got to be natural grass outdoors." Period. But yeah. he, he's also not playing anymore, and he's living in an Arizona. So yeah, well, then that's also so, too when the the Bears accepted that they were just going to be a defensive team and really nothing else. Right. So they're now they're at least giving the indication that they'd like to try to get into the century in which we exist. You mentioned it, Tom Thayer. That is Tom Thayer. I'm Mark Rohde. We are going to speak now to Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times. All guests appear on the SCORE hotline presented to you by Soda Weight Loss. Visit SodaWeightLoss.com. That is soda. What's going on, Potsy? How are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, man. You want to dog? You guys, I got to say, you guys really just now accurately bridged the generational gap with Bears fans because in the old days – not too long ago, maybe even now, Justin Fields saying that he wants to play in a dome stadium would be a red flag, just like he said, that, hey, this is a quarterback who cannot embrace bear weather. He's not a Grabowski. He's not, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's not going to make it. And I think now I don't think people think like that anymore. I think it, just the idea that the Bears are building, are going to build a dome stadium, that itself says that uh, people will accept that more. They're getting more with the real world instead of what they, you know, uh, you know, holding on to the past of the, the glory days of the great Bears teams and not so great Bears teams that, that fans loved. And so that's where we are now with a quarterback who wants to play in a in a, in a bubble. And frankly, all the Bears quarterbacks that they've had have, would have been better. Grossman, Cutler, all those guys who failed would have been better in a dome anyway. So. <laughs> Uh, so, that, so maybe this is the, maybe this is a turning point in in kind of where the Bears are heading. Is that our thinking is 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 a little more correct and up to up with the times? Hey, Potsy, when you think about that though, and um, you know, are they are, are they thinking about the seventy five thousand people in the seats, or are they ta- are they thinking about the the fifty nine guys, fifty eight guys on each sideline for the team? Because you know, when you think about you know, Justin, if if he's here eight to ten years, you know that's success for the Bears. But when you think about the historical ramifications of a new stadium and the comfort it can provide you, especially you get a chance to go to Minnesota and the rest of these new stadiums built, who is taking? Who's more in consideration, fans or players? 
Well, you know, that's a good question. I, I think fans. I think I think I think the whole idea of now is I think what one of the things the NFL is fighting actually, Tom, is this idea of of the game is easier to watch or better to watch on TV than it is in the stadium. And I think state I think teams now like the Bears here are trying to do as much as they can to replicate the TV experience at home with these huge big screen TVs and the nice cushy seats with the cup holders and and uh, all the entertainment that you get and stuff like that. So I think that definitely I would say it's it's more for the fans. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, I remember once when when the I think it was when Fred Tressman was here. The suggestion was that the Bears should get better turf for their for their players. That kind of thing is more for the players. Get a fast turf when you have a good offense. That kind of thing. But I think that I, I don't think that's a consideration here. I think it's I think it's mostly uh, uh, for the fan experience and just building what exactly what the Bears want to build with this huge. Um, what they call, you know, a mega complex, I guess, or mega project uh, uh, as part of the stadium. So, yeah, without a, to me, without a doubt, it, it's all fan-based. That's Mark Potash, Mark Rohde, Tom Thayer. Potsy covers the Chicago Bears for the Sun-Times. Looking forward to, I assume, I'll be seeing you, Potsy, at uh, the Combine next week. I'm looking forward to, to going to that as well. We're kind of in a, a quiet time right now in terms of anything substance-worthy with the Bears, because in between the Super Bowl and the Combine. But what are you hearing right now, Mark Potash? And is there anything that you've heard that is really interesting? Because just about every scenario has go- has been uttered, I feel like, regarding the Bears and what they might do and what they might not do. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't heard anything because I'm trying not to hear anything. This <laughs> is my decompression period, frankly. Yeah. So, And also because... For- what you hear isn't true. It, almost always, invariably, it's 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 not true. Um, uh, so so it really there's very little I think legitimate inside information about what teams are. I think teams don't know what they're thinking at this point in time. It's very hard to uh, uh, it, um, even they haven't gone. I mean, for one thing, just because of where we are, the most important part of the process now uh, in the draft process, which is you know the combine. Uh, uh, the pro days and and the top 30 interviews, you know, that's where people to take it to where I think we are. um, That's where people fall in love with quarterbacks. And that's what, that's really the biggest thing the bears have going right now is they need somebody to fall in love with a quarterback to facilitate a trade that can net them more draft picks. And so, that's why that's why this is a that's why there isn't really much chatter as far I mean anything that's really legit because uh, we're at a point now where we're before uh, the stage where the stages where everything happens. Hey Mark, so no offense, it's just talk right now. But uh, you know, I know yeah. it's something to say on talk radio, but but that's where we are. Hey Mark, is anybody franchisable in your eyes in the Bears? Um, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, uh, Roquan would have been, but obviously he's not here. And um, and uh, I, I think I think the Bears are just looking at it like they want to do everything at their price. I think they feel like they have a roster where they don't have to do that. And and so um, you know we're at the stage now. You know they've cleaned the roster. Now they've kind of now the building begins. And I just don't feel that I don't think they they feel like they have to do that. So I don't, I don't think that will happen. One of the things that keeps popping up, and I, I don't think this is misinformation, this is just more people, you know, former GMs putting out scenarios, there's sort of the nuclear option, and that would be to trade Justin Fields. And one of those stories is written, or if there is an opinion discussed on that, it just creates this absolute outrage. But I, my opinion is, and I like Justin Fields, people know I like Justin Fields, but... 
they have to listen to everything and they have to look at everything. So do you rule are you ruling out the possibility of the Bears trading Justin Fields and falling in love with one of the top prospect quarterbacks? Uh, Mark, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't rule it out. For one thing, you know, Fields is not I mean, he's a he's a good prospect, but he's not Remember Justin Herbert, his rookie year. You knew that he what he was going to turn into, and he's still not there yet. But you knew, you knew much more of what you had. That's the best comparison. I, could. I don't think he. I, I think Justin Fields can actually be better than him, but I don't think he's he's proven it. And is it because? And it may, it's all because the passing game, uh, in part. And and is that because he of him because he can't do it, or is it because he doesn't have the support? Well, that's what this year is all about. Yeah. We just We're don't know. We out. just don't know the answer to that, do we? Because we all. And, and another thing is another thing is, and I, this, this might ruffle people's feathers, but you know he hasn't really shown the it factor to me. He hasn't shown that he's that guy who can lift a team up and make, as you guys were talking about earlier, make other players better. And 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 uh, and I think he can do that, but I don't think he's shown that. You know they. Had several opportunities last year to win games late and a lot of times it wasn't his fault but a lot of times he just didn't step up and make people better and make himself and you know so he hasn't he, I'm not saying that he won't do that but I'm saying he hasn't done he, he hasn't done it and that's the reason why I say don't don't overrate him like he's here just because he's better than any quarterback coming into a season including Cutler that the Bears have had in a while and and also here's another thing to consider take another maybe this is just one extreme example but Take, take yourself in a time machine back to 2017, and the Bears had uh, uh, Justin Fields, and they said, and they said, uh, uh, no, we're gonna we're we're gonna dump him. We're gonna take this Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> what would the reaction have been at the time? Think about it at the time, not what you know about Mahomes now, but at the time, it would have been crazy, right? Oh yeah. Just, how could you do that? Right. Um. Um. And, and so. And look, look, and I'm not saying that he would be the same quarterback with the Bears, but he's shown enough that he would make the Bears a lot better. He would have been obviously the the right choice. So, like I said, that's an extreme example, but that just shows you that you know things do change, and, and sometimes the crazy thing isn't so crazy. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it just doesn't make sense at this point based on what we know about this quarterback class. But what we didn't know, but. We didn't know there was. We didn't know much about Patrick Mahomes at this time either, uh, in 2017. So there, so there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of uh, of things that we don't know. A lot of unknowns that that could factor into that. But I guess to answer your question, I do not. I would be stunned if that happened. If they felt because it just these quarterbacks just don't look like they are the sure thing. You know, the Andrew Luck type of guy, right, even right. Trevor Lawrence, frankly, that you know, given uh, uh, minimum situation, is, is going to be the real deal. There's no slam dunk, and, and I think there's some credence to what you were saying, too, about could you, you said, could you imagine, and thinking about, could you, you use the Patrick Mahomes, but could you imagine, guys, if they really did do this, if, if polls really traded Justin Fields to make way for another quarterback? That would be, I mean, I can't imagine the explode. I mean, he'd have to, I'm just being honest, he'd have to have ball, real balls at this point yeah, to trade it, Justin know, it, Fields. It all goes, it, to me, it all goes, that kind of thing all goes to the intuition of the personnel staff of the Bears, including um, at the, with Ryan Poles at the top of it. You know, how good is he? At at uh, at uh, figuring out who's you know who's going to make it and who's not, and so far we don't you know based on what we've seen, some good he's had some good picks. I, you know, obviously Braxton Jones was a an overachiever, and and Gordon and, and Brisker sure looked like they were worthy of p- being picked ahead of a wide receiver. Um, 
But on the other hand, uh, you know, we don't. We, there, there are some others that we that we don't know. But obviously, Bayless Jones was overdrafted. So it goes back to intuition and just just how good are you at evaluating talent and putting it all together. And that's again, to go, I, it's going to be a theme for me this year. And this that's what this season is all about. This to me, this is the fun. The fun part. This is where expectations can be will be raised. And last year was like a free year to me. It was. I know a lot of people had a problem with the Bears winning three games. I did not. But because that's what their stated goal was, unstated goal was, was to be not good. And now it all starts. Now we'll see what happens. Now you know. And uh, and uh, to me, that's that's exciting. And 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 that actually will have to do for that. That's what excitement is in Chicago, frankly. You know, you know, Mark, I, I one thing I wish that behind the scenes, something that none of us were privileged to, I wish if Ryan Poles was convinced that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback at least for this year because they're bringing, they have the luxury and the opportunity to bring Luke Getzey back. I wish that he would almost tell him that behind closed doors. Because when you look at, listen to all the interviews that are given around Radio Row at Super Bowl or the different shows or podcasts that you have the opportunity to go on, it seems like a lot lot of these hosts are baiting Justin Fields about not being the future quarterback of the Chicago Bears, but hey, they got the first pick in the draft. You know, they might move you here. So now you have Justin that has to answer awkwardly asked questions because they're just really trying to antagonize the situation. And so, you know, Mark, if it was, if they were convinced that Justin is the, the future going forward, you know, I wish they'd say something about it because when you look at a 5'11", 190-pound, you know, quarterback from Alabama, I am not convinced like you read about that he is going to have a, a, just a huge profitable future in the NFL because of his size and what the improvements that you have to make from a major college program into the NFL. Yeah, I think, uh, Tom, that's part of, it's just a necessary part of the process. I actually, I think Ryan Poles did a good job of, he left the door open, but he almost, he had to leave the door somewhat open. Yeah. I think that's just part of it, but I think he made it pretty clear that uh, that, uh, that, uh, that that they have they they see uh, Fields at least their quarterback for like you said next season. That's an important distinction, not as their quarterback of the future because he has that much to prove. But um, uh, uh, but and 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 all the all the chatter time is going to happen almost no matter what he says. I don't think you can really cut that off to tell you the truth. So I think I think Poles did as far as publicly, if you're talking about that, he did that as well as he could, and I think he's pretty. Pretty much told uh, 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 Fields that you know that where he stands, but you know the, the Bears said the same the, the same thing about Mike Glennon. They're always telling the quarterback that. So any anything can happen, anything can change, and you know sometimes that's a good thing because if opportunity strikes, you got to be able to you you can't be locked into something like when the Bears. This is a little bit off point, but like when the Bears promised uh, Glennon the, the job, and I think that kind of boxed them into not allowing. Uh, uh, a true, uh, giving Trubisky a shot, or when they said the same thing with even Dalton. more so with Andy Dalton. Yeah. I think that was even a bigger example. Is they kind of boxed themselves in by promising Andy Dalton that he would be the quarterback, and that 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 led them to not giving um, uh, Justin Fields first team reps, which could have made a big difference in 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 Matt Nagy's final season. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, I think the Bear, I think Poles has handled has handled that right, and he's gone as far as he can as far as you know saying that uh, or indicating 
indicating that Fields will be their quarterback, you know, without just making a declaration that that he can't well, back, that he can't get out. You, of. It would be interesting to see what was said behind the scenes and all those quarterbacks you talked about by Matt Nagy, because when you look at some of the information that he fed to Patrick Mahomes before Kansas City made that pick and telling him some insider information, was Matt Nagy calling Dalton on the side or or uh, Nick Foles on the side and trying to you know feed them? more positive of a scenario that was really taking place here. Yeah, there's no doubt. Those would be interesting conversations to be privy to, so I'll say that. But uh, it almost seems like it was destined to not work out the way that thing was managed because no matter how it was handled, it was mismanaged. And yeah. that's what they're trying to get themselves out of. But aren't they uh, – man, I hate saying this, but weren't the Bears a little bit right the the naggy regime a little bit right about Justin Fields and he probably wasn't ready he, even when he when he played that that first game against Cleveland probably was like that was a bad game plan but he probably he, he also didn't look ready they did yet. they did such a disservice by this situation that they put Justin in to go and start in that environment for his first week and given the snap count that they were basically announcing at the line of scrimmage every single play and so I, it probably I, informed him for a lot of games. Like that probably left a mark. And I know we always talk yeah. about how mentally tough these guys are, and there's no way Justin Fields is going to admit to anything like that. But I imagine getting sacked, what was it, nine times in that game? Probably left a little bit of a mark, right, Potsy? Yeah, it was, and then again, it goes back to just being mismanaged and uh, and not handled on any level. Prepare, you know, making the decision on the quarterback, then preparing the quarterback you have. It was just uh, mismanaged and just just mishandled, and uh, like I said, it's almost like the Bears were doomed. That's what they're. That's the hole they're fighting out of. Is that they've never. They're not really. They've never really been very good at this. Now we'll see if this regime is any better. And uh, you know, there's hope that it will be. But again, with the way with, with where Justin Fields stands right now, we really don't know. It's going to be a really interesting year for him and also for Luke Getze. I think he's got a lot to prove as well. On the way out here, Potsy, we got to let you go. But uh, should the '80s Bears have won more than one Super Bowl? <laughs> well, of course. You know, it's funny. Even even. Uh, Do you hear us talking about we, that? When we talked to when we talked to uh, Mike Ditka, I think at the twenty the hundred year celebration, and he talked and and he 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 gave a little. Spiel and even he, without even being asked, said, "Yeah, we should have won more." But blah blah blah. Even he acknowledged that you know that's one of the great disappointments. You know, no offense to Tom, <clears throat> but oh, I agree. Uh, but but um, that is one of the great disappointments. I think is for me or for anybody being a fan of Chicago sports is just how the Bears were unable to max out, and mostly because of Jim McMahon's injury. I mean, look at the record with McMahon and without. Uh, that made all the difference. I don't know, Tom, you know more, obviously know much more about that than I do, but I don't think there's any question that um, although the Bears, certainly you could say they got full of themselves, they did a lot of things, they created a lot of distractions, they won when there were a lot of distractions. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, I think if you're going to look at that, not to relitigate that whole uh, episode, but the disappointment of that, I always say you know, the Bears are known for you know uh, the Ditka Bears are known for for winning the Super Bowl, but winning only one Super Bowl. Uh, it's because of McMahon. If you look at what McMahon did for that team, and Tom obviously knows obviously knows exactly what I'm talking about, even more so. Uh, if you look at what he did, what the, what he gave that team, there's no doubt that they would have at least gotten back to two more. They probably would have won one or two more if they had if if McMahon had stayed healthy. Well, I as I, so I say the the you're right the the elation 
far outweighs the disappointment of the the eighties. But like it's it's a it's a sidebar to me. But you're right, everybody's right. The talent was there, but the the era is not tarnished because they didn't win more. That's all I'm saying. Potsy, you're the goods, buddy. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Mark. Good talk to you, Tom. Thank you. Yep, there talk he is, later. Mark Potash. A President's Day special with Mark Potash. Tom Thayer is here. I'm Mark Grody. We're in for Bernstein and Holmes today. And guess what we're going to do? I see the phone lines are locked up a little bit. Let's open those phone lines again, Tyler Buterball. Let's get those phone lines open. Since Tom is here and I am here and our lives are covering the Chicago Bears, if if you want, let's talk Bears. And anything that you – any questions you might have, any comments, because there's so much stuff to discuss, please jump in. Tom and I will get to our dueling – Justin Fields cuts as well. We both heard cuts from Justin Fields. How about, how about nobody franchisable? It's like a kick in the stomach. Dude, I mean, I was thinking in my head as you said, there, there's an, on a team that loses 10 straight games, there ain't nobody worth keeping. I li- I, you know, or protecting, I, I, I guess I would have would to be. really look at numbers involving yeah. Dave Montgomery. And I love David. Sorry. I think he's a great presence in the, in the locker room. Yeah. He plays hard, plays hurt recovers quickly. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, he's an exemplary player. Yeah. Like he's there. And I think Ryan Poles said it right. I mean, I believe that Ryan Poles, like from his press conference, you could believe stuff GM saying you cannot believe. I do believe him when he said he wanted him back, but he also said the caveat was, and it was smart on Poles' part, he said this has to be it has to be right. The numbers have to be right. Yep. The player and he says he's been burned before by that. Like where he's like the guy. So I think he's realistic about it. But we could get more into Monty a little bit later on. Your calls. 312-644-6767. We're talking Bears on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I'll tell you what, Tom, there, one of the things that, and, and I like David Montgomery just like you do, and, and how could you not, just considering the way the guy plays, and he is a productive player. Uh, but one of the things that got me off of him a little bit was watching. Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, and some yeah. of the bursts that he made, and just seeing what's possible if you if you have a little bit more speed and a little bit more burst, and just knowing that all like there there is a pack of running backs that'll be available and may even be able to somewhere along the line get the best. So I, are you, it, it, all right, let me ask you, just stop yeah, you in yeah. track. So yeah, yeah, are, yeah. are you looking for durability and first downs, uh, or, uh, or are uh, you uh, looking uh, for an explosive uh, uh, seventy uh, yard uh, touchdown uh, run? Yeah, yeah. See, the, I'm not. I'm looking at time of possession, first downs, durability, and commitment. David Montgomery may be underutilized because they don't throw him the ball enough. And it's more of, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust type of, uh, you know, feelings. And it's just like Kari Blassing game. I think he was the most underutilized fullback in football last year. I agree with that 100%. Like, what was he doing there? What was he doing in that we're, locker you know, room? We were yeah. at training camp practice, and I don't know if you remember, he ran a wheel route, which is a route out of the <laughs> backfield, down the sideline, and he made an unbelievable over-the-top-of-his-head catch that he elevated, made it, and came down. They never threw him the ball. Like 25 yards down the field, right. too, on that they play. They never threw him the ball. They so never... what the hell are you even practicing that play for in the first couple weeks of training camp if you'd really not you know, designed or th- have a thinking process about using it? I'd like to know, and shame on me. I mean, I probably should have asked Luke Getzey more about how the they were using Blasting Game, but 
Right. Considering the lack of success that the offense had this year, it's not like you couldn't afford to attempt to try Kari Blassen game in better play, when better you, spots. When you gain the reputation as a fullback who's a respected blocker around the league, the thing that you incorporate almost immediately is using him in play action, where he he purposely misses his blocking responsibility. Dave Montgomery picks it up, and then you got a wide open fullback eight to ten yards down the field. And again, time of possession, first down, and everything else that's offered. We're you know bring in Kari Blassing game and use him. I I, I like you know the, the, he's a David Montgomery is a good running back to have around. I will admit I am more tempted by flash and 70-yard run. Because it hasn't, Bears haven't had that running back in a long time. You know, David Montgomery's good. Jordan Howard before that. And we know Jordan Howard was, was a good running back, too. I mean, he had his moments, but there was nothing explosive about that. That Maybe you don't have to get rid of Montgomery to get that, but I want that. Listen, man. Walter Payton wasn't Pacheco. No he, was, no, he was not. He was not a guy that's no, going run, to run the four two eight, the four three forty. But what he's going to do with determination, effort, ferociousness, courage beyond compare, he you know one of the leading rushers in the history of the game. So you know you got to you got to pick and choose what you're looking for. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Mark Grody. Phone lines are open. This is a good time to get in. If you want to jump in, 312-644-6767, just like Joe in Spring Grove. What up, Joe? You're on the score. Hey, guys. Mark, Tom, great show as always. Looking forward to you guys when the draft starts. And I got a question about with all the quarterback and wide receiver rule changes compared to the 80s. Do you think if the Bears had kept Vince Evans, they would have had a better <laughs> shot at winning the Super Bowl? Thanks, man. You know, I love the show, you know, by Joe, the way. It's a great question because I think when you look at the historical changing of the quarterback position throughout time, you get guys like Vince Evans were actually ahead of their time. Yes. They had, they had superior athleticism. They had arm talent. A massive they, arm. arm strength, right. And Vince went on to be, you know, have a long career because he wanted to play the sports. But there was unimaginative offensive coordinators infiltrating the league at that point that they were the three yard and, and clouded dust the woody hayes you know fame what he famously said about mm-hmm. football so you know joe I, I do think you know there was probably a couple quarterbacks you know and if you look at a guy like bobby douglas bobby douglas for his athleticism his ability to run the ball his arm power just his overall size when you have on on a Unfortunately, you don't have the imagination of an offensive coordinator at that time that can really take their talents and build an offense around it. They didn't do that. And so you see these players that end up moving on into different parts of their career and never had the success in the with the Bears that they ultimately might maybe they could have. 312 644-6767. I this is like a dream show. I mean, we're we're bouncing between the 80s Bears and the, the 2023 Bears. It's perfect. People are using their comps, and I love it. It's great, man. Well, I, I think it is interesting because, I, you know, Joe, when you go thinking, you, you think about a guy like Vince Evans, and again, you had unimaginative coordinators yes, that yes. didn't think outside the box. You're right. You're right. And that, that was when there were very few black quarterbacks as well. So but I don't there, know if he there was. There was no RPOs. No. You know, it, no. Didn't, it didn't have that massive amount right. of pre snap movements that you, you have. And so. I think that's what makes Bears fans excited 
about a commitment to Justin Fields and what what his future is going to bring here. Vince Evans had some nice years though with the the Raiders when yeah. the Raiders were just yep. flinging the ball down the field and they had like John Jett and who else? Who was there? They had a who else was their other wide um, receiver? They had a big well, they time had guy. Todd, they had Todd Christensen, Todd a good Christen, tight, a tight a good end. Tight yep, end. Yep, yep. Um, Marcus had, Allen. Yeah, we're always good in the running back position. Yes, uh, I'm missing a receiver though. Wasn't there who they had John? Like they had all these world class. It, w- it wasn't. Um, um, who were the down the field receivers? It wasn't J- James Lofton. James, maybe, was he there? For maybe a while? that's who I was trying he to think of. Been there. Hall of Famer James Lofton. Yeah. Let's get back to uh, the calls. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's Fred in River Forest. What's going on, Fred? You're on the hey, score. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Great show, Freddie. All right. Uh, so here's what I got. What What are the odds uh, that the Bears are able to trade down? Um, you know, more than twice, you know, maybe three times within that top five or like top 10. Mm. And if they were able to pull off something like that, uh, you know, what would it look like? Like, I know, I know there's talk of Seattle at five, you know, and the whole Geno Smith thing, but uh, you know, Indianapolis is the big one. Why, why couldn't they just, you know, jump from one to two or three and then from three to five, you know, and, and just kind of keep, hauling in you know whatever stock they can get and you know what would that look like if that ever happened you know it's a great call by fred and a way to think outside the box because i think 16 times in the modern era of the draft the number one pick has been traded only one time in those 16 has it been traded for multiple picks multiple movements like Fred is saying. So I, I like the idea that he's he's thinking about how can we get a multiple amount of picks because that's you know that door that possibility is there if you can get the tradings with the right team. Oh. To me, I just wished I wish there was a better quarterback class here. So guys weren't saying, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to move up in the first round and take a chance of this quarterback. No, if you got if you had a bona fide guy that you were determined to go out and get, maybe your opportunities would you know would be offered more. Yeah, do you would you do business with Detroit? By the way, Detroit has two first round. They have a they have number six overall, and they have number eighteen overall. Would you do business <laughs> with Detroit? And would I, I don't know if Detroit would want to do business with the Bears. Listen, or? Detroit's already done business with the Minnesota Vikings That's during true. the regular In season a for a tight end. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of the possibility. So if you go talk to Dan Campbell and Chris Spielman and the whole crew up there. I think if you if the offer's right, I don't think anybody's turning down anything before the season starts because it's what do you project this pick or this player to ultimately be? Do I think Detroit's going to do it and try to help the Bears? No. Nor, nor would the Bears want to give up the number one overall pick to right. Detroit. So right. it, it kind of goes both ways. But that, I mean... Unless they take a guy like Jared Goff. No, who they, they pick? like Jared they pick, Goff. No, they put the the guy that's in Arizona or in the Rams now, Stafford. Oh yeah, yeah, Stafford. Yeah. Is he going to be the the Goff? Is he going to be the next like the like, turnaround like late in his career? Gets it like an Alex Smith who was a disappointment relative to being number one overall. Jared Goff, a former number one overall pick. I'm trying to think of guys that sort of like Jim Harbaugh back in the day when he went to Indianapolis and he had a a second surge. Rich Gannon 
back in the day when he was like the best quarterback. He was an MVP, right? Well, I, I do think that Jared Goff, when you look at the supporting cast around him, it's improving incrementally here in Detroit, where in, in the Rams it's going down the opposite direction. You know, you have a coach that wanted to take his time to say if he was going to come back or not, but then you look at what the, the assets that Detroit has in the upcoming uh, – small window of opportunity maybe he is that guy yeah by, by the way we got some answers here and uh, tyler i will get to the break here my friend uh from the 773 grody the raiders receivers when evans was quarterback were golfed i forgot yeah golf. Well, oh yeah because okay, i was thinking yeah. about them having all willie these golf. world like literally world-class speed guys he and, and james jet but willie golf this is what the texture says um the james jet who i mentioned Ron Brown. Ron Brown was on yeah. that team. Barely remember that name, but it says, uh, and then a guy that I do not remember, Sam Grady. Um, and he said, the texter at least says, and we can, we can confirm, we have all sorts of ways to confirm things like this, but um, all U.S. Olympic team sprinters, according to the, the texter. So, so I had, nice. I, I, I remember loving that concept of that team and then it just never can I mean there's give, some fun scores and stuff like that but it never quite Can really you went. give that texter some first name street cred out there or um does he, he, did he leave us nameless No no but but he's probably listening right now right. give us a, you know throw throw your name out there man we'll I, give you some, I like the information we'll you're contributing it. Yeah so we will corroborate the evidence here <laughs> uh that's from the the 773 We do have to take a break more of your calls coming up Grody and Fair on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score Along with Tom Thayer, I'm Mark Grody. And for Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes here, it is President's Day. In case you're wondering why you have the day off today, it's because today is President's Day. And we're taking your Bears calls at 312-644-6767. At the top of the hour at noon, we'll talk Bulls with Ricky O'Donnell of SB Nation. The Bulls don't have another game until this Friday when they host Brooklyn, the All-Star Game, and all its festivities went down over the last three days. At 1 o'clock, we will have the great Ron Coomer. Coom um, dog. Talking uh, Cubs and get a little feel for what's going on down in Arizona. But we are back to your phone calls, and this is Don. Don, you're on the score. Hey, big Don. Hey, boys. Uh, Tom, a couple quick questions for you regarding the offensive line. If we – draft a Paris Johnson or a Skaronsky and and he comes in at left tackle does Braxton Jones make the switch to right tackle is he able to and then B next question is I was sad we gave up on Alex Barr so quickly I thought when he came in in Nagy's last year he solidified the offensive line and he was almost an all-american at Notre Dame except I think he got injured his knee his senior year Saw him playing for the Raiders and playing pretty well. Wondering your thoughts about him as well. You know, first Alex Bars. So I played with his dad at Notre Dame. Joe Bars was a defensive end. And when Alex came aboard, and I became familiar with him just because of the commonality of playing with his dad at Notre Dame. You know, I always liked Alex, and I and I always looked at him as a you know, a confident backup for every one of the positions on the offensive line. He doesn't need a lot of notification that it's time for him to play. But then I was like you. I turned on the Raiders game this year. In two or three plays into the game, he hurt his knee, and then he left, and I think he was out of action for a couple weeks. That's my thing with Alex. Alex can play. I remember at training camp, 
at Olivet. There was a practice there, and they were doing short yardage and goal line. And he was just trying to make a little bit of headway into possibly earning a starting position or the sixth offensive lineman for sure. And then he got hurt in practice, and then he had a missed time and be off the field. So, you know, Alex's biggest hindrance to his own success is himself, is, you know, not being able to be counted on for 17, now 16 games a year back then. And so I think he's got all the ability in the world to play at an NFL level and uniquely enough any position you need out there. But Maybe he's more reliable as a backup than he is as a starter because you don't want to you know have those guys miss. And then when you look at the offensive tackle position for the Bears, I would be super interested to watch Braxton Jones if they did bring in a left tackle who had more skill, a developable skill than Braxton did. I would like to see him as a right tackle because some of his inadequacies that he talks about, self-talked about is his lack of strength, bendability, making sure you can take on the bull rush. I think when you go as a right-handed player and you play right tackle, all those things become natural to you. The bendability, the balance, the power, because your your feet are in a different balanced and power position than they are at left tackle. So I think the Bears are super fortunate to have a guy like Braxton Jones that they know that they can come in here and be an every play player at the left tackle position but if they have an upgrade at the left tackle position I think he can move over to right tackle at a moment's notice and probably be a little bit stronger of a player than he was at left tackle this year that's interesting because I you know people always asking about Braxton Jones my answer is usually you can't go into next season just assuming that because he had this nice year where, as you said, played every snap, and there's a ton of value in that. I still don't think you go into the season saying, yep, you're locked in at left no. tackle, and that's the left tackle of the future. No way. Nope. Nobody on this offensive line is. There is no guy that's his future is etched in stone here. Listen, if so, say we had a perfect case scenario that Braxton Jones was a left tackle that you were going to invest a decade in. I would be interested to see if Tevin Jenkins cannot play right tackle. He was he was a good offensive guard. He played well. He was athletic enough to get to the second level. He worked well in his combination blocks with the center to his left and his tackle to his right. But I still have this sneaky belief that Tevin could go out and compete at the right tackle and play the position. But then you know you need to, you need to find interior three. So like I said, to me there there is not I am not putting anybody's name in pen in the depth chart on the <laughs> offensive line. Right. It's going to be a pencil with an eraser on it and you know hopefully you get the guys you know their their cream rises to the top. Yeah, and that that answers your question a little bit too about why the Bears you know we don't know if they're going to franchise anybody, but when when you win 3 games and you lose 10 in a row there's not a lot of guys that deserve protection and deserve to be committed to. There's anybody that's being committed to on this Bears team. You know, things that frustrate me the most is the amount of sacks that the Bears gave up. A little bit of that falls on the shoulders of quarterback who's just developing. But also, the one play from the Philly Bears game and Philly all year long, when they would line up in that short yardage formation and they would go, I don't care if you know it's coming yeah, because we're going to run it right at you yeah. and we're going to gain three or four yards on yes, it. Yes. Where is that play for the Bears? Amen. Like the bread and butter, we know Where, we can get one 
one right. yard out of this. Where is your goal line play? Where is your, Kari your quarterback? Is where it is. Right. <laughs> you know, all the different things that, you know, Philly did when you knew it was going to come and they were still successful at it. That's what I want to see the Bears be able to do. When they got a protection on third and 11 and you got to hold up for three and a half seconds, be able to do it. When we need a quarterback sneak in the middle of the game to keep possession of the football, then you got to be able to do it. That's been lacking since the the Matt Nagy era. Like just ha- you're right, having that absolute bread and butter play and Nagy's answer to it early in his tenure with the Bears was trick plays and to, to get the ball into the end zone in right. those spots a lot of times. But you're right, they're the simple and and I'll I'll add to that that there isn't a also a wide receiver on this team that has had that safety valve feeling with Justin Fields, where you know that if everything is dead and gone and he is screwed, here's a little outlet pass to David Montgomery. or Khalil. I'm not saying they didn't do it, but there isn't a guy that stepped forward, a Cole Komet or even Darnell Mooney, and just be that guy. Travis for, Kelsey. For Justin. Exactly. I mean, right. we're not looking for that level. Be nice. But there just isn't that comfort anywhere but on his Bears roster. Earlier, we were talking about Cole and what we expect him to develop into. If he could develop into that security he blanket should on be every that guy. from yes. third and two to third and ten, that would do so much for the rest oh, of the Bears' offense. Yeah, hanging out in the middle of the field or wherever he is, just be available for Justin Fields. Somebody needs to become available for Justin Fields. We're going to divert a little bit when we come back. We're going to talk. Bulls. Bulls. We're going to talk about the Bulls with our guy, uh, Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. See what's coming up for the Bulls, what's going down during their break. And then we will get back into the Bears a little bit later on. Coom Dog at 1 o'clock here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.